Okay, this is Leonard Angelo. This is uh, April 1st, 2017. Uh, April 1st, 2017. I, I've been recording uh, uh, again. It started the other day. Trying to get my momentum back recording. I had a, a, a very sort of troubled beginning of, of the year and uh, I, I sort of lost. I mean, I did my best, but I lost uh, a lot of the hope that I had had for the for the year because I was uh, caught up in, uh, I don't know, sort of uh, nonsense emotional stuff that I didn't have to be caught up in, but I, but I was. You know how that goes. So it's April Fool's Day. Uh, April Fool, the whole country's falling to shit. And, and April Fool, that's our president, everybody. Oh, no, wait, it's true. I think my whole beginning of the year has been, has been a big April Fool. I would like that to be true, but it's, you know, after three months, it's not very funny. Uh, okay, what do I want to talk about? This is sort of a one-sided therapy session, I suppose, until I figure out a better way to pot more positively uh, uh, contribute some actual uh, meaningful content and wisdom. I'm, I'm going to be stuck doing uh, <laughs> whatever it is this is. Um, I had sort of a I had sort of a rough Friday at work, and I don't usually want to talk about work I think it's kind of boring it's like you know when you're married to somebody and they come home and you're like did you know what Janet at the office said to me today and you're like I don't really care what Janet said I don't know who Janet is I, I know you don't like her I know the two of you have never gotten along uh, that probably is something that you should deal with on your own and stop involving me <laughs> Why wow, that was telling was it not Look, I hate to be sexist, but sometimes women are like this. They like to talk a lot about their problems, but they don't really want to find any solution to them. Is that sexist? Yes, it is. It's terribly sexist. That's okay. I'm the same way. Why should I say that about women? It's not fair. I sh I'm the same way. I got all kinds of problems, and I try to find solutions, but it's not like I do anything. <laughs> all right, pipe down, people. Yeah, I got no reason to, to criticize anybody. Okay, so on Friday, here's what happened. On Friday, I uh, got my annual review at work, which is, you know, an eval a performance evaluation, or whatever they call it. Uh, I was evaluated based on a new scale that they came up with, which is four points of... Uh, Four or five points, I think, of, of uh, performance, uh, different categories of performance. Now, in the past, how they would evaluate you is the company would say, we got four things or five things we want to accomplish this year, and uh, your contribution to those five things is how we're going to evaluate you, whether or not you helped us do one and two and three and four and five. And if you did help us do those things, you would get a good, a positive review, if you did not help us do those things, we would tell you, you know, you're not doing a great job. And, uh, you know, we could, uh, we could do better, is basically what they would say. <laughs> this year, they sort of changed it up. And it got me thinking about why. 
Why did that get changed? What does it mean to have that change? Um, what are they trying to accomplish? Or uh, more accurately, what are they trying to pull? All right, so here's what happened. They have an exercise <clears throat> that goes like this. You do a self-evaluation about three months before the actual evaluations take place. And a self-evaluation is where you run through the list of things that they asked you to do. And you tell them how you thought you did. On a scale of one to four. One being no good, four being pretty good. Or, or better than good. Right? So I evaluated myself with... <laughs> Threes and fours, which is excellent, really. It would have been very satisfactory to get such a review. And I thought I had earned it. I go to work every day. I go above and beyond. I have a manager who I report to who, uh, you know, should know that I go above and beyond. We've had conversations about how much I'm contributing. We've had conversations that are, that are thankful uh, letters that were written to me, basically saying well, this wouldn't have happened without you. You did a great job. We appreciate having you on a team, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. All of those things happened. So when I'm writing my self-evaluation, I'm thinking oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing a pretty good job. Nobody could fault me for this or that. I show up at work. I work all day. I get things done. I, I, I solve problems when they occur. I'm not a yes man. <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm ranting. It upset me. Well, okay. So I turn in the self-evaluation and I have my actual evaluation yesterday. The actual evaluation came back much lower than mine. My boss rated me at least two points lower on everything than I had rated myself. What that means is that I'm fulfilling some expectations, I believe, is what most of those numbers mean. Some expectations. And when I asked about this, you know, why would you say that, that I'm only fulfilling some expectations? She said, well, the goals that you were supposed to set for yourself, you didn't really meet all the criteria of those goals. So here's a missing ingredient that I didn't mention. This year, they made a, a small change to the way that we're evaluated. They had us create goals at the beginning of the year, goals that align with the big picture goals of the company. Aligning your personal goals with the big picture company goals. Those personal goals are something we're supposed to come up with that are above and beyond our, uh, our defined duties or, or job descriptions. And here's why that's bullshit. Because our job description is to do all kinds of things. And they're hard things to do sometimes. They're pretty harsh deadlines. They're pretty rough situations. That They're hard people to work with, etc., etc. And they're basically saying, uh, in addition to that, we're going to need you to do some extra stuff. And we're not even going to tell you what the extra stuff is. You have to come up with it. I was supposed to define five things at the beginning of the year that I was going to do to go above and beyond what my typical uh, job description is. And then I was supposed to document and write a report on all those things. 
This was not really discussed at the beginning of the year. The company decided that halfway and that it was never mentioned again. So it was not brought up. It was not an activity that was modeled for us. It was not even mentioned uh, during the evaluation training that we received months before we had to do our self-evaluations. It was a passing comment that was made. It wasn't documented anywhere very well. It was BS. And anybody who knows that what happened last year knows that the management changed and people were moving all around, people got fired, all kinds of things happened. And we were un, basically unsupervised for most of the year without management until this new person came in. And when the new person came in, she's so busy getting acclimated, she didn't do any of this stuff either. Was any of that factored in? No, it was not. So I was evaluated on a very specific set of requirements that I had no idea about. And it's bullshit. Now why am I complaining? It's, it sounds very petty, right? Well, I'm complaining because this score directly relates to how much extra compensation I'm going to receive this year. And mainly I'm complaining because my compensation for the year, it only happens once a year, by the way, and it's already limited by some sort of percentage the company has set. So I'm not going to get a whole lot no matter what happens. But without an excellent review, I'm not going to get much at all. It'll be a pittance. And that pittance means a lot to me because I, because I need it. Uh, the real reason I'm upset, most of all, is because receiving a bad review based on some formality and not based on my actual performance for the year is infuriating. Because my actual performance for the year was exceptional. I did a great job. Every product I worked on came in on time, came in early, came in under budget. Every product I worked on looked excellent. <clears throat> I'm not just bragging, they were well done. A lot of times these projects are done with shitty quality. But I don't play like that. I do a good job. And I deserve to be compensated for the good job I'm doing. Please, the freelance people that work for us when we're busy make way more money than we do. Somebody should be paying attention is all I'm saying. All of the managers I worked with should be paying attention. So I got a bear review. What did I do? I went down to HR. I went down to HR to talk to this doe-eyed girl who works at HR. I don't know what to say about this girl. She's, uh, she's probably 24. Got big doe eyes like, uh, what's her name? What's her name from the Princess Diaries? Uh, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The, the big eyed, big brown, dumb, empty eyes. No offense. It's not her fault that she's dumb. And, if she had dumb and empty eyes and was very smart and sharp, I wouldn't have any problem with it. Unfortunately, the eyes are the window to the uh, vacancy there. <clears throat> so, I'm trying to get through to her. And explain, like I'm trying to do now, and it goes just as well. By the way, uh, I I'm not I'm not a very uh, I'm not I'm not a 
understanding the uh, criteria by which I was evaluated. I don't believe that these criteria were fair. I don't believe that any of this is reflective of my actual performance for the year, etc., etc., blah, 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 blah. And she's just looking up at me blank and saying, uh, I don't think I understand. Um, um, so you, you know, did you... You know, what's written here? Did you do those things? And I said, yeah, but what's written there is it was not provided to me when I, at the time that I was, you know, going about my day. What's written there was put at the end of the year and tacked on and expected after it was too late. And she's like, well, you've had managers and they, they've clearly communicated. And I said, no, they didn't communicate shit. I didn't have a manager. She, she stepped out in the middle of the year and was replaced by somebody who didn't have time. <sighs> All of this is the dinner conversation I was talking about earlier that nobody wants to hear. Uh, so it's challenging to communicate to HR. But in the end, she said, well, what I'll do is I'll get your, your previous manager who worked on you with most of the projects you're working on. I'll get her and I'll get your current manager, the one who was not up to speed, uh, at all this year until until she needed to be and didn't fill out the paperwork. And I'll talk to both of them and see if we can work this out. And I said, you do that. Thank you very much. That's very nice. I appreciate your time. And then she looked at me with them dull eyes and that was that. So uh, she had a small meeting with them and returned back to me and said, uh, basically, uh, both of them said that everything was communicated absolutely clearly and everybody knew what was expected of them and your review stands and it's up to the employee to fulfill the requirements of the job and blah 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 and there's really nothing I can do for you and I said to her I would like to see this activity modeled if you're going to expect it from us and she said to me it's on the employee to fulfill the requirements of their job. It's on the employee to figure out how to do that. And I said to her, if you don't model an activity, uh, you should expect results to vary. And she said to me, it's on the employee to fulfill the requirements of the job with a big doe eyes. And I said, thank you very much for your time. And I walked out. And so that's the end of that, nothing changes. What's the point of any of this? I was getting to it. It occurred to me. Uh, it occurred to me that uh, I think, I think, excuse me, hold on. Cheap, <coughs> Jiminy. Ugh, almost lost my hairpiece. Uh, it occurs to me that if you were a company, who was attempting to maximize profits and minimize expense, it is never in your best interest to empower your employees. So, here's what I think. And yes, it is extremely paranoid and, and uh, uh, I don't know, it's a conspiracy theory kind of thought. The kind of thing I should publish in a, in a badly Xeroxed zine. But it stands as, as a potential potential reality. I just just bear with this thought. Some psychologist somewhere probably figured out ways to manipulate the human psyche, right? That's a, psychologists have a great insight into how we work. 
So they have this superpower that could be used for good. Oh, little Beepo. Beepo's got a little nest he gets in and sometimes he makes these little noise. He's cute. Okay, sorry. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, if you're a psychologist and you figure out a way to manipulate the human psyche, you could use that for good, you could use it for evil, for ill. I think that some psychologist somewhere who may have ended up being a manager at some store or something figured out some sort of system for manipulating the human psyche and figured out a way to do that to maximize profits in a company. What do I mean? Well, if you're trying to maximize profits and minimize expense, what's the best way to do that? One of the best ways to do that is to make sure everybody feels like they don't deserve the job they have and that at any moment they could be let go. And I saw a lot of this psychology going on during uh, the recession, the big recession we just had. I saw a lot of that going on. A lot of people uh, were very grateful for what they had, you know. Basically, you're in a bread line and they're handing out stale bread. But, you know, it's stale, yes, but you're in a bread line for a reason, because you're starving. Well, when the economy changes, it, it doesn't really benefit the companies to uh, start empowering people to look for better work. It's better, it's a better strategy for the company to keep everybody at their low pay and keep them all believing that they don't deserve to leave. That they don't deserve to go out in the workplace and be empowered to find something better. That their value is very low. Because the lower the value of your employees, the lower you can pay them. And the more likely it is that they'll just hang around because you're basically like an abusive boyfriend. You know, who tells... <laughs> well, I don't, it doesn't have to be a boyfriend. An abusive partner who tells the other partner... You're not a, you're ugly and nobody would love you and so I'm going to punch you in the face right now because I can't stand to look at your ugly mug and go sit in the corner and make me a chicken pot pie or whatever. That's what it's like. <clears throat> and don't you dare go out in the world and try and find value in your own uh, accomplishments because your accomplishments don't account for anything. Right, so I'm thinking about that strategy, right? So here's what I started to picture, and it's, it's, it's sort of a movie uh, scenario, but it, it doesn't seem all that unlikely to me, that there is a manager, there's a management training of some sort out in the world that managers go to, or that corporate, or people who run corporations, maybe they go to it and maybe they pass the management training down. I don't know. But if you own a company and you could go get trained to keep people in line psychologically with, with, with little tiny tweaks and tricks, little, little tweaks to your system that don't really cost you any money, they don't really involve a whole lot of effort, they're just like tiny little digs that you can do every day to keep your employees believing that they need you more than you need them. If there was such a strategy, don't you think people would pay a lot of money to go to those seminars and buy those books and videos? I think they would too. There's got to be a TED Talk about this somewhere. All right, so I was thinking about that. And here's why. Because I have to do this evaluation, right? I have to get this evaluation at the end of the year. But before you do that, you have to do a self-evaluation. And a self-evaluation 
is where I decide what I think I deserve. Now, if I just go into my, to my review and they tell me that I didn't do well, I walk out of there defeated and deflated, yes, and probably not feeling very worthwhile. But isn't it more powerful when I think I'm doing an excellent job? Because that means that I'm an employee who's already motivated to do a good job. So I think I'm doing an excellent job. I walk in there. They tell me, well, you thought you were doing an excellent job, but here's actually what we think. You're not doing a good job at all. Look at you. Look at you. You're so proud of yourself. This is what we think of you. Oh, I mean, it's nice to see that you think so highly of yourself. Isn't that nice for you? I'm afraid the reality reflects a different picture. That's what happens. And that is more than feeling deflated. That's feeling, I don't know, somehow I have to vindicate myself now. I have to go above and beyond. Because if I walked out of there with a decent review, I would think, well, I'm doing a good job and the the management just doesn't understand. But if I do a self-evaluation where I say I'm doing an excellent job and they tell me I'm not even doing a decent job, I walk out of there with a different feeling altogether. And maybe some people walk out of there thinking, I better bust my ass next year or I'm not going to be around for very long. It's interesting. Makes me think. Is it possible that that's what's going on? Is it possible that somebody implemented such a system? Hey, people. I think it's very possible. So I've rambled about this a bit. One last point, I think. The company also is no longer evaluating us based on our actual performance of our defined job roles. So my defined job is to do, you know, A, B, and C sort of design work. Hello, buddy. I love you, too. Is to do design work and produce the products the company has told me to produce. I know, buddy. I know. I know. I love you, too. Yes, yes. You don't have to romance me anymore. We're married. We're just supposed to be comfortable now. Start taking each other for granted. Oh, he's so cute. I'm sorry. Everybody's sick of Bebo. Everybody but me. What was I saying? Uh, It's, uh, I'm no longer being evaluated. That whole scale, that whole system where I get rated, it had nothing to do with my actual performance. It had to do with, okay, pipe down. It's okay. It had to do with the goals that I had supposed to be setting, what I was supposed to be setting for myself. That's what I was evaluated on. My goals, the extra goals. This is the, this is the second part of this very devious system that's been set up. The second part is give the employees defined roles, give them projects, give them a lot of work to do, but also make them feel obligated, make them required to come up with things that we ain't thought of and evaluate them on those things. That's how you take a group of people who are highly trained, who are doing exactly what you've asked them to do, and you get them to do more. Because this year I have to define five things 
that I'm supposed to do that will help the company achieve their goals that have absolutely nothing to do with my standard job. They're above and beyond. Now, they could pay me for that, I suppose, but they won't. It's going to come out of my extra time. So I'm either going to have to wedge it in to things that I'm already doing, or I'm going to have to go above and beyond. They want me to go to, they want us to go to trainings. They want us to watch videos. They want us to go to seminars and things like that on our own time. And then report back to the company. Basically doing research and development on our own job roles that goes above and beyond what we've already been asked to do. So number one thing was getting the company to, no, getting the employees to feel undervalued. And when they feel undervalued, you make them do extra work. And the extra work that they do directly benefits the company and has absolutely nothing to do with what you've already asked them to do. So they become, essentially, if you've got a group of 10 of them, they maybe become another employee after you add up all that extra work that they did, all that extra research and development. For no extra pay. So because they're undervalued, they're underpaid. And because you've evaluated them based on things that are above and beyond what you've already asked them to do, they're overworked. And that, my friends, is how you maximize profits and minimize expense. It's very insidious. And I believe that's exactly what happens. Now, I don't know who implements that because honestly, the people I work with ain't that smart. But somebody at the top has figured this out. Because I left out that day feeling extremely deflated. Like I could be out on the street at any moment. And when I really started thinking about it, I don't deserve to be out on the street based on my performance. If I sit and played Minecraft all day or whatever kids do, or uh, on Facebook and, and Twitter and whatever, then I, maybe I deserve it. But I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. So, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to bend over and take it because that's what everybody has to do. This is where we're at. It's rough. And honestly, I don't want to be taking any of this shit home. It's, it's, when I talked about before about taking folders home from work... These are the psychological folders they're making me take home from work. This thing has to follow me around all day. And all night. It's evil shit, you know? God, if I could be rid of it, I would. If I could... One should be paid for doing an honest day's work. Not, not manipulated into doing more. And it's all manipulation. And I do believe that some intelligence is behind it. It isn't just an organic. You know, a lot of the things we say that are, that are conspiracies, they're probably organic things that just happen because people are the way they are. And then systems sort of grow up, you know, like vines on the side of a building and start to eat away at the brick, you know, pull the boards off the, the old house. Some, some of that stuff is organic. But I think there's intelligence behind a lot of this. You don't come up with a complicated system like that without intelligence behind it, without some thought. Yeah.
So I've been thinking about that, and I'm going to try to stop. I've also been thinking about a way to be evil next year and figure out a way to manipulate this shit in my, to my advantage, but I'm not that smart, I guess, or I don't think that way. Not evil enough, I suppose, to manipulate this to my advantage. Anyway, that's that. Well, you got a feather on your head, little buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not coming off. That's stuck. <laughs> Pretty cute. Uh, okay. I probably rambled enough for today. Uh, so this is April Fool's Day. Uh, I wish it was saying. I wish I could say at the end of the day, all this nonsense. April Fools. I'm getting a big raise, a big fat raise that I deserve. <clears throat> I am still employed, and I am still healthy and alive, and I am still working toward producing the things that I want to produce in my life, and I, you know, have very little to complain about except for this. So it is that, and is that. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess that's that. I will, uh, I'm signing off then. Uh, this is Lenny D'Angelo. This was a very long ramble about something nobody cares about. Okay. Ah, <clears throat> oh, come on. Here we go.